the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Al Fadi, and uh, we'd like to welcome you to another special edition of both Let Us Reason, our podcast, and also at the same time, Facebook live stream. With me here in studio is my dear brother, Sam Shamon. And in part one, and for you uh, who are listening to Let Us Reason, it was last week, we talked about the references to the Apostle Paul in early Islamic literature. Why is that uh, crucial? Yes. Because our Muslim friends somehow are fixated on this idea that Paul the Apostle is no other than a liar who claimed to have met Jesus, and he's the one who invented Christianity. They call it the Pauline Christianity, and some mm -hmm. even go as far as claiming that he's the one who invented the doctrine of the Trinity. Yet what we find in these references that we have shared with you uh, last week, and we will continue to share from uh, uh, today, is that the early Islamic scholars disagree with this insinuation. They approve of Paul. They quote uh, stories about him. And as a result of this, really, uh, the ball is in our Muslim friend's court to try to wrestle with these findings. Exactly. And also, we're reading uh, some of these quotations from an actual document that Sam made available, and we'll ask him right now to tell That's you right. where. And I'll be making available for you for download in a PDF format, so you will get your hand on this document. Sam, yes. welcome back, brother. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask Jesus to bless this session and the power of the Holy Spirit to save us from error and speak truth <clears throat> in love so that Jesus Christ will be magnified in the hearts of Christians and Muslims until they fall in love with the true Son of God, the Lord of glory. In Jesus' name, fill Amen. us with the Spirit. Now, you can find this document on answeringislamblog.wordpress.com. Now, I just want to ma make it clear. We did, that, we did mention in a previous session. A precious Christian brother, a dear brother who loves Jesus Christ. I didn't ask if I had permission to mention by name, so I'll mention his name. He sent us this file. He's the one who translated, I believe, last count was about 23 sources. Right. And That's he right. translated them from Arabic and made it available. And now it's online free of charge. And he'll make it available as well yeah, on his social media You'll find the Arabic pages. and English, basically. So thank the Lord Jesus for the passion of this brother. If you have about 23 sources from Islam's greatest Muslim expositors, all confirming that there's an early tradition a tradition that even goes back to the, to the Sahaba, meaning <clears throat> the companions of Muhammad and the followers that came after, after them. That Paul was a legitimate apostle who was legitimized by God, by Jesus, and Jesus' earthly disciples who gave him the right hand of fellowship. The gig is up. 
No more attacking Paul, because if you attack Paul, then you're attacking the credibility of the Quran. And you're also saying that all these Islamic sources are fraudulent, cannot be trusted. So you need to throw them under the bus. But if you accept Paul, then that proves that Muhammad is a false prophet. Because Paul, with the true disciples of Jesus, taught that Jesus is the Son of God, our Savior who died for our sins, Amen. rose victorious, all of which exposes Muhammad as an antichrist. Amen, amen. And by the way, I, I did not get permission from the brother to share his name, but I'm going to, let's call him Brother Yusuf, okay? And until I get permission, we'll mention his name. Yes. Nevertheless, uh, here's another reference uh, to, uh, from an Islamic commentary. Uh, basically, this one is, uh, uh, is uh, by Abu al-Hasan, al, uh, basically al-Ma'roof, okay? Abu al-Hasan al-Ma'roof. Now, he says, Wahab says, or Wahab said, that, uh, their names are John and Paul. Kaab said, Sadiq and Saduk. Okay, I love uh, sometimes these inventions, you know. Yeah, Another one says, we were strengthened by a third messenger, and he was Simon, and it is said, Shalom. Rather, Allah Almighty added the message to him, because Isa, or Jesus, sent them. With the permission of Allah Almighty. So they said the apostles all, or sent the apostles basically all, to the people of Antioch. Now we're going to get to Ibn Kathir, by the way. But before I do this, you have a hadith tradition that you wanted to mention. Yes, uh, we mentioned in the previous session that Muhammad took the words of the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and attributed those words to Allah, confirming that these words are revelation from whom Muhammad thought was the true God, because the Allah of the Quran is not the God of the Bible, but be that as it may, let me read what Muhammad <clears throat> attributed to Allah and show you that this is actually the citation provided by Paul, showing that Paul is receiving revelation from the true God, from the Lord Jesus Christ. This comes from Sahil Bukhari. This is the English translation. Sahil Bukhari, which you can find online. Sahil Bukhari, volume 9, book 93, number 589. Volume 9, Book 93, number 589. Right. Narrated Abu Huraira. Guys, you got to pay attention because you're going to see it's astonishing here how Muhammad is taking, basically plagiarizing the words of the true prophets and apostles of the true God and then passing them off as revelation from Allah given to him. The prophet said, Allah said. Who said? Allah said. That's right. I have prepared for my righteous slaves such excellent things as no eye has seen, <clears throat> nor an ear has ever heard, nor human heart can ever think of. Let me repeat that part again. No eye has ever seen, nor an ear has ever heard, nor a human heart can ever think of. Now let's compare that to what the blessed apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, though Paul is alluding to something written, he's basically giving us the gist of what's written because these That's words, Isaiah. the exact words, yep. are not found in the Old Testament. That's right. So he's basically giving us a gist, a summary of a promise given by God in the previous scriptures, but the wording is from Paul. That's and right. yet uh, Muhammad says the wording is from Allah. Yeah, so here you go. You have your prophet endorsing the Apostle Paul as a spokesperson, a mouthpiece of God, basically. Thank you so much. What do you yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's what I am uh, baffled about sometimes about our Muslim friends. They claim their Allah doesn't know what he's doing and their prophet doesn't know what he's doing. And all of a sudden they know 
what is best, of basically, course. for... Yes, uh, yeah, you know. it's like uh, Muhammad needed his followers to make sense out of the intended meaning of his words. So in other words, though the Quran is supposed to be perfect Arabic, and Muhammad was the most eloquent of speakers, Muhammad came out saying something contrary to what his intention was, so now we need the Muslims to help their prophet out and their God out, because Muhammad said black, but he really meant to say white. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And, and I tell people this. I mean, if you really have doubts about what Muhammad or, or the Quran says, start your own religion and your own interpretation and bless you, man. Just have your followers exactly. because obviously you know better than your God and your prophet. 100%. And I want to emphasize this because in the previous session we did. In chapter 36, verses 13 and 14, from which all these citations are built upon. These citations from the Muslim scholars are explaining chapter 36, verses 13 and 14, where it says three messengers were sent. That's right. Initially two and a third to strengthen, to them. strengthen them. All these commentators are explaining what that passage is referring to and who the messengers were. And you'll find that <clears throat> the dominant interpretation, because they do offer more than one interpretation, but the dominant interpretation, the interpretation held by the majority, as, as the sources themselves testify, is that it was Simon, John, and Paul. Now, they're called messengers. Sent by Allah. Messengers. Now, right. again, I don't, I don't know if the Christians understand the implication of that. Yeah. A messenger, according to the Quran, is one who is sent with revelation. He receives revelation from God. He communicates revelation. So by identifying Paul and Simon and John as messengers sent by God, <clears throat> what... The Muslims inadvertently are doing is confirming that they received revelations from God to pass on to others. Now, you know how some Muslims try to get around that? How? They go, oh, they're not called Rasul. The word Rasul is not used. It's Mursaleen. Because it's Al-Mursaloon. Now, you and I both know that the Quran uses the word Rasul and, <clears throat> and when it talks about the Mursaleen interchangeably to refer to the same office of apostleship. That's In right. fact, That's isn't right. Muhammad called Sayyid al-Mursaleen? That's right. That's right. There you go. You have just shot Muhammad down completely. You know, so if I'm going to use your argument, linguistically, he's not a prophet anymore. Yeah, because he's the master of the Mursaleen sent one. So if Mursaleen doesn't mean those who are messengers receiving revelation, then he's the master of nothing. Yeah, well, according to you, not us. Yeah, I so. mean, we're, we're, you know, we're not fighters here. We're just sharing the truth with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back now to another powerful comment. By the way, we focus on a number of commentators. By the way, Ibn, anytime you, you, you talk about a Qurtubi, that's a big deal in Islamic commentaries, basically. When you talk about Ibn Jawzi, okay, now we're talking about Ibn Kathir. Why is Ibn Kathir a big deal? Ibn Kathir... I mean, not, I know, but I want yeah. you to articulate Ibn Kathir, that. Ibn Kathir, now some people may not know the name, but Ibn Kathir was one of the premier students of what Salafi Muslims will, will call Sheikh al-Islam Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah. Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah, exactly. He's a Salafi. So if you're, yeah. if you're a Salafi, Ibn Taymiyyah is your granddaddy, and Ibn Kathir is one of his premier students with Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. Exactly. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, Ibn Kathir, and Ibn Taymiyyah, all of those are big deal names in the 13th, 14th century of That's Islam, right. actually. And here's why it's important. Ibn Kathir was almost 1300, I mean, I should say in the 13th century, yeah. 700 years after the time after of Muhammad, Muhammad, and he still endorsed Paul. And, and he's emphasized that he's considered one of the greatest commentators in the Quran. In fact, if you want to properly interpret and translate the Quran, his commentary is a must. You must consult 
Ibn Kathir's commentary of the Quran, along with Al Tabari. What's and their Al-Qur'an. website? He has a. They have a website yes. for him in English. He doesn't have everything, of course. But. You can read yeah. the abridged translation of Ibn Kathir by going to alim.com. The other website is now defunct, but you go to alim, a l i m dot com, and it's there free of charge. An abridged translation of Ibn Kathir, and in that abridged translation, it has a citation. Absolutely. On thirty-six verses thirteen and fourteen, where he mentions that. <clears throat> The three apostles were Simon, John, and Paul. He says, Yohanna, uh, Bulis, and Shimon. That's right. He gives the Arabic form of the Not names. this Shimon, another one. Yeah, I'm better. Now, here's another thing. If you read Arabic, go to altafsir.com, and you'll find all of these in Arabic, and you'll find, he, you heard him say, the abridged in English. Uh, it's amazing how they skim, basically, the translation, and they just take the fat out. Nevertheless... He lost a lot of fat. But, but I still haven't lost enough. Can you take my fat? Uh, in, in Arabic, you'll find all of it, basically. So let me read at least Ibn Kathir's commentary on this particular verse that we're talking about. Again, it's 30, uh, 36 verses 13 and 14 That's right. in English. So I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm getting confirmation for him so nobody accuses me that I'm, I'm fabricating things. So here's what he says. And his statement. What statement? The verse. Yes. When we sent to them two messengers... They denied them both. Means they hastened to disbelieve in them. They rushed into denying the message of these two. So we reinforced them with a third. Means we supported and strengthened them with a third messenger. Ibn Juraj narrated from Wahb ibn Sulaiman from Shu'aib al-Jaba'i. What did it say? The names of the first two messengers were Simon, which is Peter, and John, Yohanna. And the name of the third was Bolus, Paul. What do you know? Exactly. And he even says the city was Antioch, where they Antioch. were first called Christians. Exactly. Acts 11, verse 26. Exactly. But you know what I think is even more powerful? Where Ibn Kathir narrates how Jesus met Paul and converted him. And that's what we are going to probably now, we yes. want to show you. In a, like If we go to item number 10, I'm talking to the... Uh, fabulous control room. And by the way, uh, for those of you who are tuning in right now, you're listening to Let Us Reason. This is our podcast that you can go to our uh, basically website, syriainternational.com and click on Let Us Reason in there and you'll be able to listen to this one and all of the previous podcasts. You can even go to our Facebook page, alfadi.sira, go to the post of December 19, 2019, and you'll find this particular live stream right now. And of course, hopefully, Lord willing, we can uh, work on converting this and putting it on YouTube as well, because this is a powerful uh, yes. topic. And this is a teaser. We are going to do a series, meaning number of episodes. We'll take our time, yes. me and Sam, and process all of this info. This info that we're reading it for you right now comes from a document that Sam made available. I'll ask him again to repeat. Where can they find this document? Go to answeringislamblog.wordpress.com. It's there, and you have my permission to download it, print it, copy and paste it, because we want Christians to multiply the these references and use it in their witness to the Muslims so that Muslims no longer attack Paul without destroying their religion. Amen. And the same thing with me. Go, we'll, we'll make it available for you on Facebook, if possible, if they allow us to do that. And also uh, to my Patreon patrons who are giving through Patreon, I'll make it available for you as well. And this is our way, really, of helping you. And remember, 
What me and Sam do, maybe it's an hour long, but we would love for this to be expanded beyond this. We yes. want you to take this material, share it with others, share this video with your Muslim friends. We want our Muslim friends who have been lied to many times about who is the Apostle Paul and why they should hate Paul and why Paul is a liar and why Paul invented this or that. We want them to hear this. This is their Islamic sources. We're not, did you hear us say anything about a Christian source? Exactly. They're all Islamic exactly. sources. So now we're going to go to what uh, Sam mentioned about how Ibn Kathir actually alluded to the story about Jesus and Paul meeting on the way to Damascus. Now we're going to expose basically this. If we can show this, I think it's on the screen yep. right now. And you read. And one who believed in the Messiah and believed in him from the people of Damascus was a man who is, was sent, uh, called Dina, and was hiding in a cave. By the way, I, this, I think they're referring basically to Ananias, okay? Yes. But anyway, yes. nevertheless, and he was hiding in a cave inside the eastern door close to the solid church for fear of who? The Jewish Paul, okay? <laughs> and he was unjust and oppressive. Was Paul unjust and oppressive? In the beginning. Did Paul say this about himself? Yes. In the beginning, of course, he was attacking the church of Jesus Christ. He was getting Christians killed and imprisoning them. And he said that he was blas a blasphemer. And he said in 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15, Here's a trustworthy saying deserving full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am yeah. the worst, the chief of all sinners. And in Philippians 3, as to the church... Yeah, that he was a persecutor. A persecutor. That's right. And the, the book of Acts talked about him in, in Acts yes. 7, 8? Yeah, Acts, Acts chapter Stephen? 9. And even when Paul recounts his conversion story in Acts 22 and 26, he says that he used to persecute the church of Jesus Christ. He was a blasphemer, but that God then showed him mercy because he did so in ignorance, meaning he didn't know that Jesus was truly the Son of God. And once he discovered that he's truly the Son of God, he then spent his entire life proclaiming the glory and beauty and majesty of Jesus and even died as a martyr for Jesus. Amen. Why do I say this? This is taken from the biblical history of who the Apostle Paul. Let's continue. With hatred for who? The Messiah. Mm -hmm. Notice hatred to the Messiah. Jesus, when he appeared to him, he says, Paul, Paul, or Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Because when you persecute the saints, the followers of Jesus, you persecute the body of Christ himself. And when he came to him, he shaved the head of his nephew. And he, again, these are kind of like funny yeah. stories, by the way. Let's go to the next one. And here is what happened. When Paul heard that the Messiah had gone to Damascus, it's kind of funny. He said the Messiah had gone. Notice, it's the church that is growing in Damascus. But here they're saying Jesus himself appearing in Damascus to his followers. Yeah. What an interesting statement, yeah. by the way. And you can tell they're garbling up what they're hearing. So just understand, right. if the Christians want to know why are these stories garbled up, because that tells you that the Muslims are not consulting the scriptures they're either hearing these stories being narrated them orally, and as they're writing them down from memory, they're garbling up the details. Sam. And that's what we find in the Quran as well, which is interesting. Even the Quran garbles up biblical stories. When did Jesus uh, go to Damascus? Was it before the resurrection or after the resurrection? After the resurrection, our Lord Jesus came to Damascus to confront Paul and knock him down and commission him to be his inspired instrument to the Gentiles. And he went, uh, it says Paul went to kill Jesus. Well, it's kind of funny, you know, but anyway, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, he received it basically at Kokoba when he faced <laughs> the companions of the Messiah, an angel. Now, now let's notice this. We want to start paying attention to what's going on. Look what it says. It says an angel came to him and he hit his face at the end of his wing. 
So when he saw that he fell into himself, he believed the Messiah. Wow. And he came to him and apologized. To who? To, to the, the Messiah. Messiah. Now, it says an angel did that. That's an interesting thing. Right. That's another to- uh, yeah, yeah. story. That's so interesting. I'm wondering if they're thinking that Jesus appeared with an angel, but then that poses more problems because that means Jesus has authority over the angels. Because don't don't forget, folks, why. That's right. You'd find this t- tale. Because according to even the Quran, Allah took Jesus to himself so that Jesus is dwelling with Allah <clears throat> wherever Allah is over the angels. Right. And he believed. Believed in who? In the Messiah. I thought you believe in God. And he accepted it. Who accepted it? The Messiah, Messiah accepted, accepted his belief. Yeah. And wow, he apologized even God. He, said, he it, said, I'm sorry for what I've done. Well, brother, you want to go to uh, Acts 9 just to read sure. portions of this yeah, at least? Yeah. At oh, least yeah. verse 3, starting oh, yeah, from yeah, verse yeah, 3? Yeah. Let's, let's go to Acts 9 because Acts 9 is quite powerful in that Acts 9 shows you that Jesus does what even Jewish tradition and the Hebrew Scriptures testify only God does from heaven. Because don't forget, Jesus is doing this from heaven itself. So, Acts chapter 9. We're going to start at 3. And as he journeyed, Acts 9, we're going to read 3 to 9. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Now, for those of you on a cross-reference, here's what you do. You go to Psalm 104, verse 2. It says that Yahovah, the true God, Yahweh, clothes himself with light. That his clothing, his garment is light. Because here it says, when Jesus appeared, he appeared in shining, blazing light that blinded Saul. Amen. So, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, let me break down the implication. Remember, Paul was a Jew of Jews, a Hebrew of Hebrews whose rabbi was Gamaliel, the son of Hillel, considered one of the greatest rabbis of all time. Because Paul was a Pharisee and had studied Judaism intensely, he realized a voice from heaven, which Jewish tradition calls the Bat Kol, daughter of a voice. A voice from heaven and light means that now you're in the divine presence. You are now being confronted with the presence of God. In Jewish tradition, God clothes himself with light, Psalm 104.2. And when you hear a voice from heaven, that's God's voice speaking to you from heaven. So he saw light and he heard a voice. So he realized this is God, but now he's baffled. That's why he calls him Lord, because he knows this is God. But why is God saying, I'm persecuting him? So he's baffled. Who, who really are you then, Lord? That's so right. he realized it's the Lord of heaven. But why would the Lord of heaven saying that I'm persecuting him when I'm actually doing his battle? I'm fighting for his cause. I'm fighting in his honor. Just like Muslims think they're doing. Exactly. Because religion, and when you come a fanatic, you don't know God. You don't have a relationship. But here, the Lord that he thought he was fighting for, all of a sudden appears to him and he doesn't even know him. Exactly. See, he was religious but didn't know the true Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would you have me do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told what you must do when you get there. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man, because the light covered his shape. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. 
So Jesus appears from heaven the way God in the Old Testament appears, because he is the God of heaven, one with the Father and the Spirit. And Paul came to his senses that Jesus is not a mere creature. He is God, the God of Abraham, who became flesh, one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. Well, we're uh, approaching our uh, basically close of the podcast, the Let Us Reason. You know, stay on air. I mean, we're not close this. We will continue talking to you for a few more minutes, look at the questions and any other comments. But if you're listening to Let Us Reason, this is basically the end of part two of this topic about the Apostle Paul in early Islamic literature. Lord willing, we will unpack this in another series, myself and Sam, and we will do a longer one, and we'll take him maybe yes. one quotation at the time. There's a lot of quotations here. I am thankful for uh, this uh, you know, young man by the name of Ben Malik, also known as uh, basically omnipresent Sam. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, you'll see if you go to this uh, interaction right now on Facebook at alfadi.sira, you'll see the document itself that we've been referring to. There is a link there that takes you, technically speaking, to the website that has all of these quotations. We're thankful for Brother Yusuf who did this. And at the same time, we would like for you to please consider subscribing to his YouTube channel, which yes. is Shamonian. Shamonian, S-H-A-M-O-U-N-I-A-N. Support the brother through Patreon. Consider subscribing to mine, which is uh, Sira International, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. And support us as well uh, as a Patreon or even through PayPal. Either way, all of these keep us basically going on with ministry and also staying on the air and producing more of these videos. Any last words, brother? Yes, just keep praying for us. Pray for our families, that the Lord Jesus will protect us, and pray that God will make us more like Jesus in holiness, purity, love, and worship, so that we're not just hearers of the word, proclaimers of the word, but that we are doers of the word, living the glory of Jesus Christ and manifesting it and being sold out for his honor, because he's worthy that we live for him and even die for him. So pray for that, that we are truly doers in love with Jesus, loving him more than anything, because that's what we need. Amen. Amen. So thank you again for tuning in to Let Us Reason, and thank you for those of you who are still joining us on this live, uh, basically, stream on Facebook. Stay on. Uh, Do not leave yet. We will continue our discussions with you. May the Lord bless you and be with you, and we will interact with you again in the near future.